Hello, and welcome to the Magnetical You podcast. I'm your host, Madison Zerdyke. I'm a mindset and energy coach here to help you feel your freaking best and manifest a life full of magic, miracles, and abundance. I know that whatever led you here did not happen by coincidence. So I am so excited and grateful to have you here. So let's let the magic begin. Hi, and welcome back to the Magnetically You podcast. I have Jessica Scott here today, who I am so excited to interview. She's a love dating and relationship coach specifically for alpha women. She shows women how to activate their feminine warmth so they can experience deeply satisfying and long lasting love. She coaches both single alpha women and alpha women who are currently in relationships to be able to get the relationship they've always wanted. So I found Jessica recently on Instagram. I was looking for relationship coaches to follow and just do some growth in terms of my own relationship. And I wanted to start following some relationship coaches and I found Jessica and her work resonated with me so much because I definitely identified as what she describes as an alpha woman. And I think many of you will identify with this as well. So I am so excited to have you here, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I love this topic. And when I started to get into relationship coaching, I realized that there was no one who was coaching specifically for this alpha woman who I am through and through. And what I noticed in my own dating life uh, prior to you know meeting my boyfriend, now we've been together for five years, I noticed that some of the experiences that I was having as a really strong, hyper-capable, independent woman were really different from what a lot of other women were experiencing. And I just want to start off by saying, I don't say alpha, meaning it's better. It's just different. Mm -hmm. So when you are very, you know, believe in yourself, you're growing, you're doing all these things, you just bring to the table and bring to a relationship, a different set of character traits, qualities, even traumas. And some of the things that we're running from in trauma world makes us go, makes us keep accomplishing. If we haven't done that trauma work, it's just different from someone who doesn't identify themselves as an alpha woman. So I love this work. It's changed my entire life. And that's why I have to bring it to the other alpha women because there's no one else doing it. Yeah, I'm so excited to get into it. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey and what kind of led you on this path and kind of realizations? Totally. So I am um, a single mom. I was a single mom. I was with the father of my daughter for 11 years on and off. And um, it was an okay relationship, but just not the one that was going to take me till I was 80 in a rocking chair, right? And so I left him when our daughter Scarlett was five or no, was one. And when I became a single mom, that was a huge trauma for me. That's where I lost a lot of my warmth because I had to be the masculine, right? I literally had to do all the hard things, hold up the walls of the house, so to speak. Um, And that's where I lost a lot of my warmth. So when I started dating and Scarlett was about two and I met Rick, I was so terrified to soften. I was terrified to really open up. And my whole life, I had been such a doer, accomplisher. I've got it. And so needing someone else, I really prided myself on being able to do it all. 
my whole life. And then when I had to do it all as a single mom and I was doing it really well, I had started my business and was keeping a roof over me in Scarlett's head. She's seven now. And so I was doing really well. And when I met Rick, that's my boyfriend now, um, it was hard for me to soften. It was hard for me to open up. And it was a really difficult journey. Not that our relationship was difficult, but I just didn't want to, and I couldn't see what a man could bring to the table that I wasn't able to do for myself because I could do everything for myself. And so there was almost this, like this taste in my mouth of like, I don't need a man. And I thought men were kind of stupid anyway and useless. And so when Rick, who's this amazing presence, like this steady, phenomenal human came into my life. I really went through it internally because I didn't know how to be vulnerable. I didn't know how to even open up to access that part of me. And so, like I said, we've been together for five years and kind of at the three year mark, I started to do deeper internal work and started to notice like, oh gosh, like my femininity is really missing. I started as a fitness coach. And so I had eight pack abs. I was like shredded. I used to compete. I really lost a lot of my femininity in that, like that workout every day. And I'm not talking like yoga. I'm talking like lifting heavy freaking weights. And so I really became masculinized in that. And I didn't know, not that I'm not saying if you lift weights, you're masculine, like I'm not saying that at all. But for me personally, I lost touch with that feminine warmth. And what I mean by warmth is like, it's almost something you can't describe. Like when someone comes into the room, we could all, if we were together, all of us women, we could all sit down and say like, is that person warm or not? Like, what would we be talking about though? It's almost like this feeling and it's different from like what a man brings, right? Men want to be with women who have that feminine warmth. Otherwise they just go hang out with their guy friends. And so activating this in myself and my femininity literally took recognized relationship, which was, um, it's always been amazing, but it took it to this next level. And when you do this, it literally makes it. So every single day you're falling more and more in love with this partner of yours, because he's the masculine he's leading and you're not having to do it all, which is what we do, but we don't necessarily love to do. Oh my gosh. I resonate with this so, so much. And thank you for sharing your story. It's so, it's so, so powerful. And I think, what do you think it is? I think a lot of women, especially like women like us who identify as alpha women do have a hard time softening. Like, why do you think it's so hard for us to like soften and lean and lean back? There's many factors. First, it's the culture, right? We have like a women's empowerment movement going on, but if you have to empower mm. someone, it means that they don't have power. So mm. it's almost like this thing where men love women's femininity and women have created pathologized femininity. So men are looking for it and want like a soft warm woman. And when I say soft and warm, I don't mean a doormat. I don't mean that means you're <laughs> pregnant and barefoot in the kitchen. None of that. Right. I mean, I don't have 400 kids. If you want 400 kids, great. I only have one. We're only going to have one. I still work. So I'm not saying you have to be, you know, pregnant, barefoot and in the kitchen, but men want that warmth, that softness. Otherwise, like I said, they just go hang out with their guy friends. And so when men are looking for it, women have demonized it. Right. Mm. And so it's really our own thoughts about it 
but it really, and in my courses, I talk about connecting to your brilliance. So like in my family, being really strong, and I grew up in a, so I'm from, from the Midwest. I still live in Illinois. Very like, um, wait, where in Illinois, if you don't mind me asking. Oh, kind of by Rockford, like further out away from Chicago. Okay. I'm in Illinois right now, which is kind of crazy because oh. this is where my fiance's family lives. So, oh, so funny. Where are you at? Mattoon. Yeah. It's like oh. a yeah, tiny I know little that. town. Yeah. So funny. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Anyways, keep so, going. so I grew up here, which is like very blue collar, pull yourself up by your bootstraps type of area. And so you almost pride yourself on being able to do so many things for yourself and not need help. It's just the culture, right? Culture of my family and where we live, um, but really the culture of by and large, we teach women to be strong, right? I did a live talking about this when it was like the women's women's independent or it was like women's holiday, international women's day or whatever. And like all these memes about like strong women. And like, I, I honestly, and this might trigger some people, but like, I don't think we need to be told how strong we are. Like we freaking mm. know our knees are yeah. actually buckling under the amount of pressure. We need more women who are willing to just sit there and be like treated like women <laughs> and yeah. like beautifully and pampered. Right. Like Stop telling women they're strong, so strong. We know because in that, yeah. you're so strong. You're so strong. Here, take more, do more. Here, take more, do more. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not giving us the fullness, the re- rejuvenation that we need as women. Yeah. And are very different. And so it can come from the reason why we are the way we are. It can come from culture like that, it can come from family. And also it can come from trauma. It can come from not being in a safe environment where it was safe to need someone to say, Hey, I have needs or, Hey, I'm a woman. I feel this. Right. So it's like a whole conglomeration and like huge recipe of things that bring you to the point of, I don't need anyone. I'm fine. I've got it. I've got it myself. And just ask yourself, this would be a really awesome thing for your viewers to ask or listeners Like when you're at, if you were go to Ikea and get furniture, or if you go somewhere and let's say something's really heavy and someone's like, do you need help out to your car? Or do you need help with that? Or do you want help putting that on? I, as a woman was always like, no, I've got it. Especially like having lifted weights. Like I'm like, I'll kill you if you help me. Right now I'm like, there's no pride in not needing help. Actually men need to be needed. So when they're dating someone, or if you know, you've met someone or you're in a relationship and you're like, I've got it, I'm good. It attenuates a man's confidence and masculinity. And when those are not, you know, ripe and they're not really on fire, you're going to feel less cherished and less adored because he won't have anything to lean into. And like, to treat you like a woman, he's just going to be treating you like another man. But over time Mm. we say we want this because we're strong and independent, but over time, then you're like, why am I not being treated and like a woman? (laughs) Why am I not having these deep womanly needs taken care of? And the guy's like, you've always said you were fine. Mm. And I realized this, it was probably about four years ago, three years ago. I was actually on with a client in our old house and I had the front door unlocked because I was waiting for my nanny and my sister to come with her two kids. And, um, I was on with a client. I heard someone in the house and I thought that it was them, but I'm like, it doesn't sound like them told my client, hold on. I went out my office. There were people in the house that I didn't know two women was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. 
I was like, what on earth am I being robbed? What is this? And we live in the middle of nowhere. So it was really terrifying. So I called the police. I called, you know, Rick, I called Scarlett's dad, who's a police officer. And I was really freaked out. Well, that night when I was talking to Rick about it, he was just kind of like, hmm, you know, like, that's okay. The next day, didn't really talk about it. Didn't reference it. Didn't ask me how I was. So that next night I was like, why haven't you asked me how I am after that? Cause I was like, so scared. I'm like, I'm still today. I didn't know if they were like casing the joint or going to come back. You know, I was, I was scared. And he's like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know you felt like that. Cause you're always just like, I got it. And so that really clued me in and had me like have this huge aha moment of like, no one is going to lean in and start to care for you in this womanly way if you always are fine and got it. So we have to start being truthful with what we need. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I was uh, laughing when you were talking about like, oh, I don't need help because the other day I was on the elevator and I had like my, both of my arms were like stacked with grocery bags and like they were turning so red because I had so many groceries. Mm -hmm. And I get on the elevator and this guy, and I'm like about to like fall over. My arms are like burning red. And this um, guy looks at me and he's like, I think he was offering to help in a like indirect way, but he was basically like, oh, I would, I would help you, but it looks like I might make it worse. Cause I, I, it looked like if you touched anything, it was right. going to tumble over. And I was just like, oh, like I'm fine. I'm, I'm going to be up to my apartment in like two seconds. And it's like, it would have, I could have easily been like, you know what? I would really love your yeah. help. Do you mind? So, and it's like why such a simple you? shift. Mm -hmm. Ooh, why didn't I? I don't know. I guess it was just like, oh, like it's fine. I'll I'll be up to the apartment in a second. Like I, I can I guess I like I can handle it. Like it's yeah. And so when men are offering help for us, they're not insinuating that we can't. But it would it's almost their pleasure to be able to lend their masculinity to us. And so, like I said, we as women pathologize that like, oh, you're just so weak. And like, I got it. Don't you insinuate that I, and it's like, I'm not insinuating. I'm doing it because you as a woman are just so radiant and amazing. And I would love, it would literally be my mm. pleasure to be able to do this for you. And so it's literally our programming around it. And men are like, okay, fine. Men aren't able to feel masculine because we're not giving them the chance to. And then we're like, where are all the men? And I'm like, they offered to carry your groceries in the elevator and you said no. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like we're robbing them of the opportunity to step into their masculinity, to feel that sense of pleasure for themselves. And then we're robbing ourselves of the opportunity to receive and experiencing the pleasure that comes with receiving and allowing right. ourselves 100%. to receive. Right. And so, you know, just like during sex, you know, the woman is the receiver, the man is the giver. Masculinity is very penetrative and very emptying. So as a guy, that guy in the elevator, he has all this masculinity in his body and he's ready to, I don't want to say like ejaculate it because it's not special, <laughs> right? But like it can be, and it doesn't have to be. He has all yeah. this masculinity and he's waiting literally for the opportunity to showcase it. Yeah. So not that he wants to, you know, date you or whatever. He literally, it, it literally gives him life force energy. Mm. And so imagine all these men who are going around in today's world with women, like, I got it. I got it. I don't need you. Men suck. Men are stupid. All these things. 
imagine how it feels to be a man, right? And then you're not actually even satisfied because women today aren't, I don't think any happier than they were decades ago. (laughs) And so we're like doing all these things and talking down about men, but men can't fulfill their role. And really when a woman learns to receive, it is like the best thing ever, right? So like men are penetrative energy. It's, you know, very emptying and women need to feel full, right? They, we need to like feel penetrated and full, but when we're always being the penetrator, because we think that receiving is weak, we literally are taking the magnetism and the passion out of interchanges in relationships or otherwise. Like I used to not want anyone to hold the door. I used to not want anyone to do anything for me because I got it. And so now I challenge you and your listeners, whenever you're out somewhere, try and receive literally the next time someone offers, like I bought two um, hanging baskets that were like, you know, those huge flower ones, they're heavy. So I brought them up to the front and there was a woman like my age checking me out and there were two of them. She's like, do you need help out to your car? And I was like, no, yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, you know, my car. And it was just so beautiful, even from another woman to receive. And this mm-hmm. goes into a whole other thing. It's like a lot of alpha women have difficult times with friendships and like really mm-hmm. coming together. But if you have no ability to receive or no feminine warmth, women don't want to hang out with another man. They want to be with that feminine warmth. The only women that want to hang out with another man, they have no feminine warmth and they hang out with other men, which is literally like a hallmark sign of like you have no feminine warmth and you don't know how to be around other women Ooh, this is getting juicy okay (laughs) before we go any further can you like give a little bit of um like uh I don't know details around what the alpha woman is I think it's clear already but just in case you want to add sometimes people don't know what I'm talking about or they think and this is what it's not they think that being an alpha woman would mean like you know, if me and you were at a bar, we're like that loud, ostentatious, (laughs) like, I'm just like, like all up in your face. Like, you know, you can't see my head, but like just that neck that's like, I'll tell you what, no, I'm talking talking in my, um, in my world, what an alpha woman is, it's someone who's really comfortable in leadership. It's usually someone who's very smart. Like my clients are very intelligent Like I graduated third in my class. I, you know, studying was very easy for me. I love learning. And so I always have an idea. I always have an opinion in a group. I'm going to be like first in line and the first to raise my hand to share my thoughts. I'm very comfortable, even though I'm an introvert too. Like I'm totally a homebody, totally an introvert, but put me on stage or in an arena in which my specialty or zone of genius is being talked about. I'll steal the stage. Like I have so much to contribute and I know that and I'm confident and I know I'm intelligent and have a lot to offer. That's an alpha woman, right? So like very comfortable in leadership. She's really good at delegating. It's kind of like, oh, you do this, you do that. I'll do this. And this is how the plan is going to work, right? There's some women who just aren't that natural born leader. And it's not to say that alpha is better. They're worse. It's it's just different. And I noticed this growing up because in groups, I would usually be the leader. In study groups, I was always like, okay, let me tell you how to remember, you know, the Krebs cycle or whatever. (laughs) And I was always giving them my opinion. And so when you're alpha, it's different dating because alpha means you have a tendency to lean into masculine energy. If you need someone who's very strong and the secret of most alpha women is they secretly want to be led. They want to meet someone who 
uh, my best friend says, can out alpha them. <laughs> yeah. And so it becomes really difficult because the man who can out alpha you is looking for feminine warmth. So if you're single and you're not ever able to find, you know, Mr. Right, it probably, and your alpha, it probably has to do with the men that you would just die to have. You would love to have in your life. Um, they aren't into it because you're too alpha. And instead who you probably attract is like nice guys or guys who need mothering because they're like, Ooh, alpha. Hi mommy. You know, cause you've oh got God. it all going on and you can delegate, you can lead You're first in line. You know, the plan you're logical, you're analytical. The alpha <laughs> guy is going to want that feminine warmth. Yeah. Everything you said, I'm like, yep, that's me. Yep. That's me. Yep. That's me. So I'm excited to continue. So what is feminine warmth and how can we tap more into that? So good. So when I was with Rick and I did not have any feminine warmth and I was almost like, um, I describe it as your body almost becomes like sinewy and striated can in like the appearance of it and you become mechanical and your movements are almost staccato. When I say this, my best friend was like, what the hell is staccato? I'm like, if you play music, you would know, but it's like, you know, staccato are notes. They're like very quick and very like choppy, right? So staccato, it's, there's no fluidity to it. Alpha women tend to be very robotic and they're not oceanic like the feminine is. So, um, wait, what was your question? Like, where am I going? What is you like the it? feminine more feminine warmth and yeah. How can we tap more into yeah. that? So if you don't have it, that's how you'll be feeling. And so when I started to tap into it more, I, I at first didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just knew that I could not be in a relationship with someone very long. Like I have a history of like dating people and being like, all right, I'm done with you. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. But I knew that I loved Rick. We had start to build this really beautiful house and life and everything together. And I'm like, I'm sick of, first I was sick of lying to myself. Cause I was like, I don't need a man. I don't need anything. I don't want to get married, like all that stuff. And I was like, actually, I really do. And those were just white lies. I told myself to keep myself from pain. Um, so I started to be like, all right, I've got to do something here. And this wasn't like a logical thing. I think in my body, I just was being led, um, to softening. And so I reverse engineered it after a few years. And I came up with this process called the five layers of warmth. So in both my courses for single women or for um, women in relationships, I go through this process and each week we learn how to activate another layer of feminine warmth. So the first layer is respect. And this one is huge because this is what men need from us the most. It feels amazing to be respected. And yes, as women, we need respect, but we need something different, really. I mean, if I was like, you know, in your relationship, what's the best thing you could ever have? You would not be like, I need to be respected as a woman. Like, it's just not the first thing you would say, right? Yeah. So learning how, what is the language of respect for respecting your partner or when you're dating men, what does that look like? What it constitutes respect to a man, a man, right? A lot of times in our culture, we're trying to like feminize men. It's like, we are trying to make them talk about their feelings and do all these things. And it's like, let's stop making, you know, this animal that can't fly, let's stop trying to make him fly. He does better when he's, you know, running like a cheetah. And so this 
area of respect is like learning about the masculine, like learning what do they actually need instead of saying, well, this is what I need. So this is what you need. They need something totally different. So that's the first layer of warmth. The second one is receive. So you learn how to receive what's in the way from being able to receive. And I like to describe this as being egg energy. So even during the fertilization process, you've got the sperm that are chasing the egg, right? And the egg isn't like chasing the sperm. <laughs> the egg is kind of just sitting there waiting for the sperm to arrive. The sperm are literally like killing themselves, trying to get to the egg because they're pursuing it. And so if we're not learning how to receive, like receiving the person with the groceries or receiving the person carrying my Ikea crap, um, if we're not learning how to do that, then imagine how confused the sperm would be if the egg was like chasing the sperm. They'd be like, wait, you're, you're not even doing your part, right? And so if we can't receive, imagine if we can't receive during sex, how like weird sex would be. <laughs> it's like how the dance of the relationship starts to become if we're not able to receive. And we have this thing in our culture where we think that receiving is this weak thing. And really no man thinks that way. The only man who thinks that way is the one that we don't want to be with because they want to receive because they want to be mothered. <laughs> um, so the the third layer of uh, activating your feminine warmth is recharge. So recharge is kind of like self-care, but it's a little bit deeper. And this one has to do with even activating and having feminine friendships, like female friendships. Um, I just had a client prior to this uh, podcast call and she was feeling like she was straining her and her boyfriend's relationship because she doesn't have a lot of female friends. And this is another hallmark. A lot of alpha women can't get close with women because they can't receive and they don't know how to soften. And so they just say like, oh, I'm, I've seen a meme, like alpha women don't run in packs because they keep their circle small. I'm like, no, it's trauma. Let's just freaking call mm. it what it is. It's trauma. And no one is like, we're not meant or created, especially women to be alone, period. Yeah. So if you're exalting that, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, it's just, an, it's a huge no. So recharging um, is on your own recharging and recharging with other women, like being seen by other women is so huge. So if you don't have that aspect and you're not able to give that to yourself, you're going to be straining your relationship because you can't get from your partner what you're supposed to be getting from women ever, even if he's the best partner in the world. After that, uh, recharge is relinquish control. So a lot of alpha women have to control everything. And this became really apparent to me. Um, so we live in a brand new house. Rick built this house and I designed it. And we were in like our beautiful kitchen and cooking. And I started to realize how many times I would be like telling Rick how to chop onions, telling him how to do this or like correcting how he did whatever. That control is really like a feeling that's coming up. And it's like, if your partner is, you know, has a job and drives a vehicle, I don't think he needs you to tell you to tell him how to chop onions, right? Like he drives, he like has a whole job, he has a career, somehow he's managed to make it. I don't think he needs you to tell him how to do every little thing, right? So that relinquishing of control is really huge and actually is a very feminine thing. Um, because when we're when we're controlling everything, it's saying, I don't trust you enough to care for me in such a way that my needs become met unless I'm asserting myself. Mm. Uh, what, what if like, what can we do when we're like in a situation where, like you said, with the chopping of the onions and that tendency to be like, Hey, you're doing it wrong. You need to chop them this way comes up. How can we 
how can we kind of like, I don't know, I guess like stop it in its tracks and redirect to a new way of being in the feminine warmth mm-hmm. and say we've already done it. And then we're like, oh my God, why did I, why did I just tell him how to cut the onions? That was so controlling of me. How can we, I don't know if recover that is the right word, but how mm-hmm. can we like open the conversation to grow from that moment? Yeah. So at first, if you haven't said anything yet, then I would notice, okay, what's coming up in me? What's the actual feeling, which is the next layer of warmth for raw feelings. What is the actual feelings? Um, And I, I coach a ton on the difference between feelings and perceptions. So there's very few feelings. There's a heck of a lot of perceptions. Like if someone's like, I feel hurt. I'm like, that's not a feeling. That's a perception. It's blaming. Right. So I feel, you know, annoyed or I feel betrayed. Like I feel, you know, all these things, that's actually a feeling and that comes off as blame with men and it doesn't feel very good. You're not going to get a good response. So first I would say like, what's going on for you that like in your life, the shape of the onion is so important that you can't trust him. Right. And in your heart of hearts, most women who are going to talk about the onion, if we if we were talking on another day and I said, do you really in your heart of hearts, like want to be led by your partner? Like, does that feel like something that would feel like, Oh God, yeah, it feels so good to just like relax into like the presence and the stability and the steadfastness of the masculine. Does that feel like something you want? And I'll go over in a minute how to find out if you have a feminine core or a masculine core so that obviously you can see like, oh yeah, I am a have feminine core and that does feel good. Most times, most women, even like seven and eight figure earners that I've coached, they want to feel led. They want to be led. So then it's like, okay, this is really interesting. You want to be led, but you just can't with the onions. So what's actually really going on right here? And I really had to ask myself this. And it's like, I just didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like I could relax. Like the onion shape would change everything, you know? And so just letting him do whatever. It's not like just do whatever. He can run rampant and get a hall pass. No, but it's like, is this actually a really huge thing? And if there is something coming up, then you need to communicate what's actually coming up for you not the onions has nothing to do with onions, right? You're feeling a certain way. And then with raw feelings, and then the next thing we do in my courses, it's not part of the layers of warmth, but it's teaching the art of feminine communication. So let's say you were actually feeling nervous or you were feeling anxious about something. So then you can just say, Hey, can I share something? And you'd be like, yeah, slice, slice, slice. You know, he's like, you're like, I feel so nervous right now. And he'd be like, why? You know, I feel nervous that this isn't going to come out because I normally chop them the other way, but I know you have your way. And then if he's like, well, I'm going to just keep chopping them this way. Or if he changes to your way, then fine. But you actually are being honest instead of manipulative and controlling. Yeah, no, this is so powerful. I feel like it's definitely a shift I can make. And, you know, speaking of the like controlling tendencies, I definitely notice myself like doing this with stupid shit, like onions. And I'm like, why did I do that? And then of course, you know, my fiance takes down his confidence, his ability to want to lead his ability to want to step into the masculine. And then I'm over here like, why don't you do anything? And it's like, well, I robbed you of that opportunity. I made you feel so terrible about the things you did do that it was like, well, I'm not even going to like yeah, deal with that. You? And it becomes this like, I don't know, like 
weird um it's a cycle match cycle yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah, it's like a cycle I have a thing called the warmth cherish cycle. So as you increase your warmth, so so my two programs are called Mm -hmm. cherish. That's for people in relationships or pursue. That's for someone who wants to be pursued and get a man. And when your warmth is missing in each of these, you know, whether you're in a relationship or being wanting to be pursued, you're not going to have this warmth cherished cycle going on. So when you have a lack of warmth, it decreases the confidence in your man. So imagine like shrivel, shrivel, shrivel when the confidence in him. So like, let's say like every single day you tell him he chops onions wrong. I'm not saying you do. Let's just say every single day. There's something like that every day. Yeah, there's something like that, right? (laughs) So it might be onions. It might be something else. It might be the directions. Why are you driving this way, right? That's another Mm -hmm. thing that I teach in my courses. Like, stop saying why. You can inquire, Mm -hmm. but like, just be like, why did you do that? Do people ask people who are leaders, why did you do that? Or are you actually Mm -hmm. feeling something you need to share how you're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so one is really emasculated and, and the other one is really like, hey, this is how I feel. I'm letting you know how your leadership is affecting me. When we are doing that every single day, you can see how, okay, his confidence is literally shriveling. When a man's confidence is shriveled over time, it could just be like 600 times of the onions would affect a man. Okay. So then his masculinity is also shrinking when masculinity isn't surging, there's no impulse for him to want to make sure you have everything, make sure you're happy, hold space for you, see you, um, treat you like that woman that like deep down, we all want that like man who's just like Outlander. If you have, have you seen Outlander? No. Oh my gosh. It's a series of this, like it's very good masculine and feminine dynamics, but like this man who just wants to give, right. Mm-hmm. Like penetrate the feminine, not even sexually. They just want to provide and protect and be there the strength for the feminine. He's not going to have that impulse. If you've destroyed through mm-hmm. onions and directions and everything else, there's a million different ways if you've destroyed that over time, his impulse to cherish and adore you and see you, it's like, wreck that. I'm not doing that. Right. Yeah. So then it, there's this cycle and it's like, I start to determine in my programs where in the cycle is there kind of a wedge that's creating, you know, if you had this wheel that was trying to turn, it's not going to turn freely if your warmth or somewhere else in that cycle has kind of a wedge in it. And it's the same thing for single women too. Yeah. So what can we do to begin shifting that dynamic and letting go of that cycle, would you say like, is that something that can be recovered and shifted? hundred million percent. Yeah. So what would be like the first like steps for someone who's like, yep, this is me. I'm ready to go into my feminine warmth. I'm ready for my man to lead. Like, how would you suggest they get started? One of the best things you can do, and this is gives you like this little shift and tweak. And this is why I love this work because you can start, yes, we can do like the deep inner work with the trauma and that can be really long and drawn out. And yes. And I do that. I'm certified in trauma, but there's little tiny shifts, like little changes in your daily communication little things you can start doing like literally tonight that is going to start to stoke the flames of the masculinity in your life, right? Even if you're on a date, if you're dating, talking to someone, chatting it up, whatever your relationship status is, this is one of the key ones. So start doing this, but I want to hear how it happens. I'm ready. I'm like, I'm literally about to go practice right after we get off the podcast. Um, So when your partner shares something, 
with you or says like, okay, you know, tomorrow we could either, you know, do this or this, or, you know, here's the problem, whatever. This is what I want you to say, whatever you think. Cause it's like, I'm not solving the problems for you. I want to be cared for. And I want to see what your leadership flex is like. And it's not like you're like, you know, I'm going to see how, if you mess this up, right. Yeah. Let me see you flex. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like, I trust you. Mm. You're the man in my Mm. life, or you're the man I've chosen to go on this date with. I trust you. Now don't say this. If they're like, do you want to see, you know, a gory movie or a horror movie? Don't say like, whatever you think, if you really don't want to do either of those, right? If he's asking you a preference, you know, you have to say if you do have a preference. Um, but most times I leave, the, I leave the leading to Rick and I will say, oh yeah, whatever you think. And it gives him, it gets him in the habit of trusting himself and it shows him, I, as your woman, trust you. That's why I'm with you. I trust that you can make decisions for us, for our family, for you. And when we start to relinquish control in this way, it's so beautiful because, and here's the huge because, I'm all about gender equality. I am a hundred million percent not for gender sameness, okay? I do wanna be able to open a bank account, own property, vote and do all those things. I am not the same as a man. And when I've acted the same as a man and thought that I'm the same as a man, I got autoimmune diseases because I literally am not a man. I always, I'm like analogy queen. So I'll show you, share, share with you an analogy that I talk about a lot. Imagine if you have a cheetah and imagine if you have a bald eagle. These are both magnificent creatures, right? Like if we were to see either in person, they're amazing. Cheetah, fastest land animal, I think, like super fast eagle, like humongous. If you've ever seen a bald eagle in person, we have them around here. It's insane. If we told bald eagles, and this is the representation of females, if we told bald eagles that they can, if they work at it really hard, run as fast as cheetahs. And if we coach them their whole life, and that was our culture, like bald eagles, just keep learning how to run. Cheetahs are always going to be faster. They're always going to do cheetah things better because they're the actual cheetah, Mm. right? The eagle might be able to learn how to run, but probably not as fast. When you wake the feminine up, it's like tapping an eagle on the shoulder and saying, hey, you're always going to just be some like uh, makeshift imposter cheetah. And I'm so sorry, no one ever told you, but you actually can fly. And then the eagle is like, what? And then they start soaring and it's like this beautiful thing. And if we were to stand there and if I'm like, which animal is better? I'm not saying which one is better. I'm just saying a cheetah running is completely different and comparing these two, it's the most ridiculous conversation. I don't want to act like a man. I'm done proving and posturing and trying to be strong because my strength as a woman is like an eagle flying. It's not better. It's just different. And so I, since I have this feminine core, so here's how you can figure out if you have a feminine core or masculine core. If you're being intimate with your partner or with someone, probably a partner though, do you want to be pushed up against a wall or do you want him to do the put? Do you want him to do the pushing to push you up against a wall? Or do you want to do the pushing and push him up against a wall? So if you were to I answer I want to be that, pushed up against the wall. A hundred percent. Okay. And this is how most women, I've never had a woman answer it differently. 
And I find that most alpha women, myself included, answer it almost more emphatically. Like, of course I want to be pushed up against the wall. Mm. Like I'm strong in my daily life. So like when I lay down in that bed, (laughs) I'm not doing that type of work too. Right. Yeah. I started Mm. to get curious because I've always felt like that. And I actually, um, I've never actually gotten into it in experiential, but like in my mind, I always was curious about BDSM too. Like that, you know, let's play dress up and makeshift that you're in control and I'm not. So I started to get curious, like, why do I have to have this fantasy world when like, this is actually what I want? Like when we're in a bedroom situation with our partner, if he's, if your fiance is pushing up against the wall, it's not abuse, right? There's Mm -hmm. no, there's, it's, it's pleasurable for both of you. Like it's not at all mean. And so I'm like, why do we like this as alpha women when we have a feminine core inside the bedroom, but like outside of the bedroom, it's like, I'm going to tell you how to chop onions. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It just seems so weird to me. Yeah. And so when I started to soften into like, I actually do want to be led. I want Rick to be the leader of the home, but I want his leadership to consider me in order for him to consider me. I have to be able to share my heart and open up so that he can have me as checks and balances. Hey, how's my leadership going? Look at see how Jessica's doing, right? So if you show me a woman that is just like stressed out beyond belief, a home that's in shambles, I'll show you a man who's not leading every single time. Oh my gosh. This is so good. And I love what you said about like share your heart to serve as the checks and balances for them. And it's like, yeah, if that like they I feel like my fiance definitely would like, it's so important to him that how I feel and that I'm happy and that get what I want. And I think that's such a powerful shift to see it in that way of like, this serves me to be able to share, but it serves him to be able to gauge like, yeah, like you said, where am I at with my leadership? And yeah, that, for men, I, I if, you that. Ask, if you ask any man, how important is the woman in your life's happiness? Mm. Every man would say it's really important. Now, if you asked every woman, like, I mean, Rick's happiness is important to me, but it's not something I'm like, oh, I just want to make Rick happy. Like, that's a very penetrative and a very masculine thing. Like, I want to be doing things to ensure that Jessica is radiating happiness, right? So that's a masculine doing something to affect how I feel. I don't do things to affect how Rick feels. I be things. I am who I am. So like do things, I am things. So like when Rick is near me and feeling my feminine warmth, I know it positively affects him, right? So like, I thought it was really curious. I thought it was really interesting when I started to understand how important a woman's happiness is for their man, because I'm not just, I'm not saying that with our partners, our, their happiness isn't as important, but it's not something up on the like scale of like Rick's happiness is so important to me. I'm like, I almost like, don't think about it because I know he's influenced by my happiness. So this is where, like, when we're doing that gender equality and sameness, we need different things. And until we start to say they're a cheetah, we're eagles or vice versa, it doesn't matter. Not one is better. One is worse. We're very different beings. And I just got sick of trying to posture and say like, I'm just like a man. I can do everything like a man. Actually, no, no, I can't. And I'm not made to feel insignificant or weaker by saying that just like 
there are so many things that Rick cannot do that I can do because I'm a woman and I don't want to see Rick do it. Yeah, no, that's, that's so powerful. Yeah. I feel like you were saying like what it brought up in me is that like what, what my brain thinks I want is for my fiance to do more things like do the dishes and oh my gosh, I'm the one booking all the travel for our trip. And oh my gosh, I was just on the phone for 30 minutes with our members today trying to sort all that stuff out. And it's like, it's like, it, my brain wants me to think like, I do all the things I do everything. He needs to do more things. But I think from what you're saying, I'm like sensing that is it, is him do more of these things, what I actually want? Or do you think, think like there's often like an underlying thing going on there with yeah, like what we question. actually need? Yeah. I'd have to spend more time with your relationship to understand but when you're the one that's taking initiative to run the entire household and do all those things, yeah, you're leading in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So unless he says, Hey, can you call the moving people? Hey, can you do this? And he leads you to do it. Then it can feel really frustrating because you're taking on all of the leadership role and doing all these things. And especially if it's, it's not something that you're good at, or you don't feel good doing, if he were to do those things, it might fill you up. But there's probably more in that you're too far in the masculine role overall in your, in your relationship. And so if you were to soften into your feminine warmth, it would create this different dynamic within the relationship. So he's more leading. He can share with you what he wants you to do. And you don't feel like, why am I controlling and doing everything? But then again, at dinner, we tell him how to chop onions. So it's like, this really messed up thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how could you begin to like, I don't know, I guess like let go of control with those things and like lean back and create this space for your man to lead. Like, I'm just going to share all the, all the vulnerable things coming up in my brain. So my brain goes, well, if I don't do, if I just don't do the things, then like nobody will do them. And like, yeah, it definitely feels like I'm holding the leadership as in like, it seems like, oh, it's not even going to cross his mind to think about doing it. So I'm yeah, gonna, like, uh, like what things for, for instance, like booking our movers for our move, mm-hmm. just like so things there's a like little that. bit of like a, when you start to activate your feminine warmth and you inspire your man to his greatest potential, there's a little bit of an interim because things will be changing. Right. And so a lot of my clients and people who take my courses They don't have a conversation with their man like, hey, let me tell you how this is going to go because that's more leading. What I did with Rick is like, (laughs) I had to have this conversation where I had this aha moment in my own healing and in this. And I'm like, I have always just taken everything upon myself because I thought that it was a badge of honor. Like I literally thought it was the noble thing to do. This is what good, strong, independent women do. And I'm like, I just realized like, I don't want to be leading our whole house. Like I want, I want to be under your leadership. Yes. Like under it, you know, because like that feels like a safe umbrella for me to just like be myself and be like the energy of the home. This isn't to say that I don't do grocery shopping. I do. This isn't to say that I don't do dishes. I do. This isn't to say that I don't unload the dishwasher. I do. Right. But there's certain things that I've stopped taking initiative on And Rick understands what I'm feeling. And when you use I feel statements 
and learn how to communicate. Like, what is the actual feeling? You know, if you don't mind doing the moving truck and if you don't mind taking that initiative, but if you do mind, what is the actual feeling underneath? So do you mind it or don't you mind it? Oh, I don't like it at all. (laughs) Perfect. So how does it make you feel? It makes me feel just like, yeah, frustrated, annoyed, resentful. I think when I do the things that I don't want to do because I think I'm the one that has to do them, it's resentment. Like that's yeah. that's the clear pattern. Yeah, totally. And so what would happen if you were able to completely and without blame and without um, throwing it on him, but with emotional responsibility, if he were to see truthfully without you manipulating or like, okay, cue the waterworks. Right. But like, if he were to actually see how this affects you and what Mm -hmm. this effect, what this affects you in your daily life or like how much anxiety it causes you or whatever it does, what would happen next? If he were to, if you were to just be in that feeling and say like, this is how I feel. Do you think he would be like, well, screw you do video games. No, I think he would say, what do you want me to do? And then I'd be like, well, fuck, I don't want to tell you what to do. Yeah. yeah. And says, what, like, whatever you think. Mm, okay, cool. You see how we give them the ability to step into leadership, but it's so yeah. difficult if we've been doing it and filling in. And this is where we're like, I'm so glad I have a seven-year-old daughter because I'm teaching her all of this stuff. Like I'm teaching her to be strong, but I'm not teaching her to be strong, independent and not need anyone, period. Mm. Strong right? at the expensive receiving. Yeah. A hundred percent. I want her to be able to do the things should she need to, but I'm not teaching her that this is the way to happiness because it's the way to burnout, frustration, yeah. anxiety, autoimmune disorder, mental health issues when you're not operating out of your feminine core. It's terrible. Yeah. No, this is this is so good. I'm I'm excited to like um practice and implement all of this. And I think everyone listening will be too, because it's I had my kind of business journey started out with healing my relationship with food. And I was very in the masculine mm-hmm. with controlling food, controlling exercise. Hey. And I completely like am now in my intuitive flow yeah, with food. And then I kind of moved on to my business. And again, very much in my like masculine force push energy in the beginning of my business. And I was like, I literally hate this. And now it's my intuition like completely runs and leads my business. And it's so much more leaned back, so much less overthinking and just so much more flow and ease and allowing of the receiving. So I feel like I'm like, okay, I'm like, checking off the different areas of my life so I'm like I'm I'm excited about this so beautiful yeah and this is the other challenge for women too because obviously in or in our business relationship right we will have to be in our masculine at some point right um like my business coach is the perfect combo of masculine and feminine energy I love that um because too much masculine gross too much feminine uh, I just kind of like standing in a butterfly field all day you know (laughs) we gotta have a little bit of both So think about it this way, though, when our partners come home from work, they've been in their masculine all day, but they're still leading at home. So they're still in their masculine. They don't have to shift. No one ever teaches women how to do that shift. If you have children, it's even more Mm. challenging because as a mother, I am parenting Scarlett and I'm in my masculine. I'm leading. I'm taking charge. I'm directing. I'm delegating, I'm, you know, orchestrating and doing all these things. 
So, and then in my business, there is a lot of masculine energy. You know, I am leading my team. I am doing all these things. When Rick comes home, then I have to have the skill set to be able to switch into my feminine or he feels mm-hmm. like he's dating a guy and I get burnt out, stressed out, autoimmune diseased out, all the things. And so within my courses, I teach you how to effortlessly shift and work on that. Yeah. And would you say like once you've like the shift is like, it's like an energetic shift, right? You're not like, okay, here we go. Now it's time to flip the switch. It's like an energetic flow. Totally. And it becomes natural. The more that you embody your feminine Mm -hmm. and you're allowed, you've allowed yourself the space to say, truly, I do want to be led and it doesn't make it weak. Like literally the feminine is so strong and powerful. I thought that I was like going to lose my power. I've gained so much more power. And even Rick looks Mm -hmm. at me with like, the biggest googly eyes because I have so much feminine warmth, which gives me the ultimate power. And so when you've really been honest with yourself and you've been able to soften, um, at first it's like, you know, when you're learning to drive a car, you're like, okay, I'm keeping in between. Now I drive to target and I'm like, how did I get here? Like, and that's how it feels kind of automatic. Like with Rick, um, the things that I teach you in communication to say, Um, Last night, I just like noticed myself just I say it and it's just part of who I am. It's how Mm -hmm. I am when I'm with my partner. It's literally effortless for me to switch into being feminine. Um, But at first it might feel like, okay, now I get in the car, I turn on the car. So it might feel a little bit robotic, but it's literally coming back to your roots, your feminine core. So literally how you function now is antithetical to your core. So feel how much easier it must be to operate in alignment with who you really are. Yeah, no, I'm, that's, yeah, so true. I feel like with like the food, it's like, oh yeah, so much easier, so much more alignment. My business, oh, so much easier, so much more alignment. It's like, like, oh, my uh relationship. Yeah, it's like my relationship gets to be that way too. And and I kind of like had an experience um, kind of like you and Rick where like our relationship's always been great and it always gets Mm -hmm. better every year. And it's like, and- get to make it even better through this process. And I think he's going to be really excited about this. I'm very excited about this. I think everyone listening is probably like, yes. So I know, I think you're launching Pursued right now. Is that correct? And when, when does Cherished open? Cherished opens more towards the end of August. So that's for people who are in a relationship. And these are both eight week courses with two weeks of implementation in between Um, It's such a beautiful container because when alpha women come together, they're like having all these aha moments. We go through the layers of warmth with a couple other modules in there. One is um, starting to develop and create and access your signature feminine essence. This is really important because a lot of times we as women, we're like trying on for size what femininity looks like and feels like. And so I really have you access this feminine essence that's unique to you and it's not duplicatable and it's so beautiful. So you don't feel like you're just like, what is this that I'm actually doing? And then this, after we go through the five layers of warmth, it's really learning how to use the raw feelings and the warmth to communicate using the art of feminine communication. And it literally is such a game changer and it's healing for you because it's how you intuitively and naturally function, but there's just things in the way keeping you from expressing your yourself naturally. So amazing. Well, I think I'm going to need to get myself and cherished and for everyone listening, (laughs) but jump in these programs as well. They sound amazing. Is there anything else that's on your heart to share today that we didn't cover? I'll have you share your, um, like 
social media and where people can find you. But before that, is there anything on your heart that we didn't get to? Um, the only other thing is I do have a Facebook group and it's a free community. I go live in there every Friday at 1.30 Central Standard Time. And I talk about, you know, women in relationships, not in relationships, like the top five things alpha women do to, you know, create mutiny in their home, all of these things. <laughs> it's always a really beautiful time. So you can always find me on there. Um, and the, the other thing is in my work, I love to be really compassionate. And so these aha moments that can be kind of like, why the hell have I been doing it like that? Of course that makes sense. Everything, and this is why I talk about connecting to your brilliance, everything that we do is literally derived from a much needed adaptation. And so I grew up in a family that, you know, really congratulated me for doing and accomplishing and being self-sufficient. All that strength was just applauded to no end. So in order for me to get love, that's what I did. And so I hit it. I did hit a home run. I hit it out of the park. I did what I was you know, told to do. And I did what I needed to do to get what I perceived to be as love. And so anything that you're doing currently right now, I love the connecting to your brilliance because it literally, it's not stupid or it's not anything to be critical of. It's literally the most brilliant part about you because you're thriving and you're here today. So yeah. um, anything you realize throughout this podcast, like the reason why you're able to listen is because and be here today is because you did these adaptations. So it's mm -hmm. not anything that is bad. It's just the noticing like, oh yeah, like I don't need to do that anymore. I'm in a different space. I'm in a different place and it's safe for me in this relationship to start to come home to me. Yeah, I love that so much. And it reminds me of my intuitive eating journey. It's like at that time, like I quote, had to develop certain beliefs to get myself through that healing process. So one of the examples at that time was like, I, you know, really had to believe that it's not okay to try to change your body in any way. Like if you like never try to change your body, it's bad. Like don't do that. And that's helped me at that time. It was the adapted adaptation at the time that helped me get through the healing that I needed to get through. And now I can just see it so much more neutrally. I'm like, yeah. if somebody wants to do that, yeah. like, it's not a problem. Right. Whereas before I would have been like, no, can't hear it. Like, don't. Yeah. And, you no, know, okay. so I think that's a really good example of that. So thank you so much. This was amazing. I'm really excited to share this episode. Where else can we find you? So Instagram, I got Jessica Scott. I don't know how I got that one, but that's my handle. And then I'm on Facebook as well, Jessica Scott. Um, I post on there every day and um, Pursued and Cherished are my courses that I'm running. And it's just been such a beautiful, beautiful journey. Amazing. We'll link everything in the show notes and thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Magnetical You podcast. If this episode served you, I ask that you share it with someone who it could make a difference for or share it on social media and tag me at Magnetically You. Make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the magic and it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on iTunes. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart for being here and I will see you in the next episode.